This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Go get that first down, then get a touchdown. Rock them, suck them, fight, 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 go. We're here with an emergency edition of the Purple Podcast on Friday as Adrian Peterson has gone on radio once again and saying he will play on Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. I'm Ben Gessling from ESPN, joined by Matthew Collar from 1500 ESPN. Judd Zolgad, the Sports Grinch, regrettably cannot be with us today. I have talked with him today. He has called this a great day in Minnesota sports. Uh, He predictably was very uh, excited and very animated about the latest development in Adrian Peterson's return to the Vikings, and we will certainly have more from him on Sunday on our next edition of the Purple Podcast. I I think we would be remiss if we did not give the Sports Grinch a chance to opine on this issue, which has been near and dear to his heart for quite some time. But we will soldier on without him today. Matthew, this has uh, taken another twist, and uh, I, I guess when I had heard when he might return... The two games I had kind of heard would be either this one or the Packers, and, and he did not rule out the possibility of that when we talked to him yesterday. My question, however, is how certain is everyone involved in this operation beyond just Adrian Peterson, and I think that's the key, that Peterson is ready to return? Oh, man, that is the big question there, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Who's uh... – Oh, Sure. <laughs> Who's the one that's general? May, well, the weather is appropriate for that. Oh uh, yeah, is that the northern Minnesota? Getting cold out there. Is that what the? Yeah, is, is that what yeah. that is? Yep. Well, uh, it's going to be really cold there. Um, but uh, the question has always been: Who's making the calls? Who's making the decisions on when Adrian Peterson comes back? Uh, and I guess I've always assumed that it was Adrian Peterson himself and his people, his agents, his representatives, whoever helps him make decisions and doctors too and whoever makes him those medical decisions as well who would be the ones putting him back on the field and presumably they would take him back as soon as he said he was ready and if he has decided this week going into this game that he's ready to go then you're going to put him right back on the field because no matter how much you think that uh, he struggled early this year or maybe over the last x number of games he hasn't been uh, as explosive as he once was Almost anything would be an upgrade over the running game they've had this season. Well, and that, I think, to me, is the big thing that you get out of this, even if he is not 100%, and he said yesterday that he was trying to tell himself that he's 100%. He he let in some doubt, which I think 
was unique for him simply because we don't hear him do that that much. And, and he has said that he has some things to relearn in the offense. Pat Shermer said yesterday that there's some things he needs to relearn in the offense. So that could limit some of his effectiveness. But the fact that you have him back there, the fact that you have to commit possibly another defender when he's back there, I think does a lot for them. I, I, I almost think that that probably does more for them at this point than what he's going to give you in the running game. I think it's very possible that giving Sam Bradford more looks where he can come out and know exactly where he's going to go with the ball helps because when we've seen Sam Bradford at his most effective, it's when he's able to have a fairly good idea right before the snap what he wants to do when he has single coverage on the outsides. And that's been the thing we've talked about with Adrian Peterson forever is that when you have eight-in-the-box looks and you have single coverage, there's only one safety up top, single coverage on the receivers, from the corners, that creates favorable throwing windows for quarterbacks. And there's never really been a quarterback here that's been able to take advantage of that to the degree that you should be able to other than Brett Favre. Can Sam Bradford benefit from that? I, th- I think we'll see that on Sunday. I, I, I think there are a couple of things here that we need to get into, and we're going to keep this a short edition of the Purple Podcast. But the first question I have is what will Adrian Peterson's role be if, in fact, he's going to play Sunday? And the second question is... How do the Vikings feel about him coming out and saying this on a Friday when, if we remember back to the preseason, speaking of the sports grinch, the question of competitive advantage, I guess, which was a topic throughout the preseason, sort of reached its peak uh, during a memorable exchange between Judd Zolgad and Mike Zimmer over Adrian Peterson's availability in a preseason game. And, and that's been take whichever side of that you want it, first. Well, it's been yeah okay. Let me start with the second thing and then backtrack to the first thing. But the second thing being that even when it was Jeremiah Searles starting instead of Jake Long or whatever yeah. it was at tackle the merry-go-round that's gone on there, Mike Zimmer the whole week wouldn't say yep. if it was Jeremiah Searles or Jake Long. And I mean, in that case, come on, right? Yeah. I mean, what competitive advantage are you really getting there? Uh, but he felt that there was some. And then we go back to the Sam Bradford or Sean Hill drama. Yes. That, uh, there were national reporters calling Mike Zimmer or trying to get a hold of him to the very last moment before they played Tennessee to find out if Sam Bradford was starting. And he wouldn't tell anyone. And against the Packers, when we all knew it was going to be Sam Bradford, we all had reported that it was going to be Sam Bradford. They did not announce a change at the starting quarterback until Bradford went out on the field. They wanted to play it out that long, even when Mike McCarthy knew it was going to be Sam Bradford. That's right. On the conference call, Mike McCarthy said, oh, yeah, we're preparing for Sam Bradford for sure. Like, they knew it. Everybody knew it. Bradford was ready to go, and yet Mike Zimmer still wouldn't say. So here we are. We've talked about this the whole year about the somewhat contentious or at least – I don't know. There's got to be some sort of disagreement on how this has all been handled. Going back to the very first surgery. Of, yes. Well, you could either shave the meniscus or you could sew it right back up and right. get it right back together, or you can remove it or whatever other options there might be. I don't yes. know about getting rid. Can you get rid of it? Maybe I think not. you can. Um, that seems like a bad idea. I, I mean, I think that what he would have done in the shorter recovery is to trim it. I think that was yes. Th- that's there was right. a trim, and then there was a full repair. Full repair, obviously, is a, a, a sturdier recovery, carries less risk of long-term arthritis, degenerative mm-hmm. knee issues, all of that kind of stuff, but it's a longer recovery. So knowing that, 
and knowing Mike Zimmer's mentality of going down to Jacksonville and coaching yes. with the possibility of losing his eyesight if someone bumps into him. Yes. <laughs> and from what he said at the very beginning of the week about that was you got to walk the walk, and mm-hmm. if you're going to talk the talk when it comes to playing through injury, and when he was given a chance to do that himself, he did it. And we know from his comments about Sharif Floyd how much it agitates him when players don't push through yes. that. And even further, he made a big point to talk about Harrison Smith and how tough he is yes. and how hard he's going to work to get back to prove people wrong yes. about potentially coming back. We know this is important to Mike Zimmer, and it has to drive him insane that not only Peterson took the route of not being able to come back and help his team, but now is letting everybody know a couple of days before the game. I would also say, though, that Chuck Pagano said on his conference call, oh, yeah, we're preparing for Adrian Peterson to be back. Well, I'm sure they are, and this is probably where we should uh, make the brief parenthetical um, insertion here that Dash Radio, the platform on which Adrian Peterson has given his injury updates to DJ Ski this week, uh, Adrian Peterson is a co-founder of said operation. DJ Ski, of course, is often providing pregame entertainment, Uh, on the field before Vikings games, but Adrian Peterson was one of the founding investors of that radio station. Certainly an important disclosure in our era of uh, disclosures of business interests being Mm. things that we sometimes like to talk about, but we won't get into that. Well, DJ Um, Ski is the new Schefter, apparently. Um, Apparently. Well, (laughs) sure. The other thing that you brought up, though. DJ Shefty, is that? DJ Shef, yeah. He's doing a new podcast. Maybe you can put that in there somewhere. I don't know. Work on it, Adam. I know he listens. We'll talk to his marketing people. Um, When it comes to what you said about actually bringing him back in, I don't expect a ton of snaps for him. I expect him, I think we mentioned this on Wednesday, like even the threat of having him around is dangerous. My concern would be this, uh, that every time he goes in for 20 snaps, it's eye formation, and you know he's getting the ball. Yep. That would be my concern. Yes, sir. I would agree with that. And the Vikings have been in the shotgun, I believe it's two-thirds of the time, since Pat Shermer took over as the offensive coordinator. Basically, since Sam Bradford became the quarterback, it's been north of 60%. That is very similar to what they did in 2014 with Teddy Bridgewater when Adrian Peterson was not here. They went back to kind of a, a closer to 50-50 split last year, and I would I guess at this point I'd be awfully surprised if they did what they did last year and sort of routed the offense back to doing things that solely are what worked for Adrian Peterson. I expect they'll do some of those things. If you're going to have him back there, it makes sense to do the things that he does best, and you can run play action out of some of those sets. But I think the fact that we've seen a little bit more zone running from them is, is probably helpful for him. Um, I think we will see him get some carries out of traditional sets, but I don't think we're going to go back to feed him the ball 25 times and let everybody else go, and I don't know if he's ready for that. I mean, after a week of practice, I think it would be a little presumptuous to assume he is ready to go carry the ball 25 times. He has surprised people before, as people are certainly going to mention uh, when we are having this conversation, but it should be noted as great as he was in 2012, they started him pretty slow when he came back from that ACL. He had a number of games early in that year where it was 17, 18 carries. The numbers were pretty modest. And then he had the ridiculous second half where he ran for like 13, 53 in the final eight games while playing with the sports hernia. I mean, it was one of the most incredible things I've ever watched in my career covering sports. 
but they started him slow that year. So I would expect that we're going to see more of that type of approach. But uh, certainly adds a uh, layer of intrigue into a game that uh, was probably missing some of it. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Other than just will they Playoffs. remain in the playoff yeah. hunt? Yeah. And and even at that point. 10 and 6 doesn't necessarily get right. you in you need help. 100%. It would just be keeping the season alive, and now there's a lot more to it. With Peterson, his numbers have clearly faded in terms of his yards per carry. There's yep. no question about yep. it. But when it comes to the all-time great players, I put them in, in a different category of don't ever underestimate the all-time great players. Right. This offensive line is going to have a new combination again yes. with potentially Joe Berger playing guard. Yes, that's and, kind of the way it looked. And yeah. from a couple of people I talked to, that's kind of the way it sounds like it's heading. Which might be okay. Yeah, he's said it before. Yeah, and also, I don't think Brandon Fusco has had a good year. No, I don't either. And I mean, it, and maybe that's your solution going forward. And, I don't and, know. And outside of the goal line, where Nick Easton got worked a couple of times, yeah. I think he's been pretty good, too, or yeah. at least serviceable. Yeah, and that's the what you're false start in the, on the two-point conversion against Dallas oh. was probably on him. Yes, and then I think it was a fourth down against the Jaguars yeah. at the goal line where he just got thrown aside. Yeah. And, and yeah. neither one of those things looks very good. But other than that, serviceable from the center position. And Berger might be downright good at being yeah. a, a guard. So that might help a little bit. The offensive line is going to be a problem. But when I thought of Adrian Peterson last week against the Jaguars, the second play of the game, Jarek McKinnon gets the ball. He's looking at this on tape. Yeah, he had a big hole, didn't he? He gets the ball. He could bounce. Well, he bounced outside. Yep. And Cordero Patterson did a really nice job sealing his man off. Yeah. And it was one on one. It was Jarek against Jalen Ramsey, and nobody behind him. Right. And Ramsey takes him down. And Adrian, I take my chances on that. And that's what. And that's what the difference between an okay running back. Yep. And maybe a guy who's in and out of the lineup and one of the all-time greats is I think Adrian Peterson is getting around that guy. Yeah, and, or through him. Right, and there, and that's the thing is that this offense, even though it was better last week against a, a Jaguars team that didn't look like they were given 110 sure. to me, um, that you're talking about a, a player with a home run threat, and yeah. this offense has really lacked big plays. And another one that, that came to mind for me was. Stefan Diggs' longest pass of the year came on a play action to Adrian Peterson. Against the Packers. Yep, exactly. And now, if they even have it in their mind, that's one of the greatest players of all time, play action freezes you for just a quarter yep. of a more second yep. than it would. Yes, I, I agree that the big thing he gives you is the potential for explosiveness. And I think that can either happen, like you said, in play action. That can happen with him making a guy miss and going for 40 yards when Jarek McKinnon hasn't been able to do that, or it's a guy, him going through a guy. I mean, the the jump cuts we've seen him make over the years are legendary, and, and we'll see if he's ready for that sort of thing. And he, I asked him about that yesterday. I said, well, how will you know if you're ready? And it was interesting you know, today to, say, to hear him say, oh, yeah, practice told me that I'm ready to go. He admitted yesterday when I asked him about it that you're not really going to know until you get out there and you're having to cut and make people miss and you have people trying to hit you in the knee, all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, there there does need to be some measure of caution with this. And I understand Vikings fans are excited and, and understandably so. It, it adds a, a, a jolt to this team that badly needs one at this point of the year when they need to win out. But you do have to kind of temper some of that just to see what he's able to do I I do think I mean even if he's able to make one play on Sunday where he goes for 20 yards or something and, and you get people excited and, and you get the the play the, the famous play-by-play call 
the he's loose bit um with apologies to our competitors um that adds an element to the offense and uh that's certainly something they need I, I think that's the thing that he brings to the table at this point even if it's only for a couple of plays that it gives you the chance to maybe make that play that changes the game hi i'm quino from the crafty rogues podcast my partner john cosgrove is about to tell you what we do um i am really every week we're on a microphone talking isn't that what we do what do we talk about we talk a wee bit about football. We try to pronounce East European countries and people with weird names like Pepe Gariola. Check us out on Podcast One, iTunes and 1500ESPN.com. It also helps if he gets in 15 plays and they win the game. Yep. To then have him ramped up for Green Bay. Well, and that, that is the other question here. If they win, great. What happens if they lose Sunday? <laughs> I think he's got to keep playing, doesn't he? Doesn't Probably. He just ha- doesn't he have Probably. to? Probably. Because there will be some shred or percentage of a chance that they could still go 9-7. and seven. Non-zero, in fact. That would be Derek how Wetmore our colleague say. Derek Wetmore yes. would put it. Yes, it would be non-zero, so there would still be reason to do it. Um, if he, This really sets up for an ugly scenario, though. If they lose, and then Peterson says, Sorry, ah, guys. I tweaked my knee. <sighs> Gosh, and that's the last time we ever see him in a Vikings uniform. This is what I wrote yesterday about how many different outcomes there are. Yeah. Where Adrian Peterson could be the hero, key to the city, statue outside U.S. Bank Stadium, retire his number today by the end of the season, or it could be, can you believe how this thing ended so sad and out with a whimper? Because there's that potential if he decides, and it seems, especially going on his own radio show or station, yes. to, to make this announcement, it seems that he doesn't care at all what the organization thinks about just about anything, about whether they want the information out there or not. It's just... I'm guessing they did not. He's going to... Yeah. Knowing Mike Zimmer, he's going to do what he's going to do, which leads you to believe that he could possibly say, well, sorry, we lost 24 to 10 to the Colts. Season's over. Bye. Well, and and it's just that part is really interesting to me because the relationship last, gosh, it's been a year and a half. It feels like it was just yesterday. That year was so long. When when he was debating whether to come back here or not, and and he said a lot that, that spring, I, I obviously I talked to him that February when he first said I'm uneasy about coming back here, and you know the organization didn't support me. All of that. The thing that kept kind of drawing him back here was his respect for three people: Mike Zimmer, Norv Turner, Kirby Wilson, the running backs coach at the time. Two out of three ain't here. Two anymore. out of three ain't here. And he talked about his teammates as well, and you know guys like Chad Greenway, guys like Brian Robinson, people that he's played with for a long time. Um, you know, Kyle Rudolph probably is in that group. He's played with him. He's had enough time with him. I mean, you know, got Matt Asiata, you know, Jarek McKinnon, people that he's been in running back rooms with certainly are people that he has respect for. But two of the three people that kind of were the link in terms of giving him confidence in the coaching staff are no longer here. And the third has not exactly talked about Adrian Peterson with the same fondness that we've heard him talk about Adrian Peterson with in the past. Now, that could be for any number of reasons. That could be simply because he doesn't want to entertain the possibility of Peterson playing until he's actually back. It will be interesting to see what Mike Zimmer says and how he says it about Peterson or what he doesn't say. That's the thing you have to listen for with Zimmer often. As much as what he says is what he doesn't say. How that all goes on Sunday is going to be very interesting. But I also 
yeah, I, I just I wonder where the relationship is right now. Um, I wonder where it's going to be going forward, and it will be certainly very fascinating to see how the next few weeks play into that. I don't know if you found it interesting too that this week he heaped praise on Frank Gore. <laughs> yes, with several yes. long uh, comments. He's been very complimentary of opposing <laughs> running backs lately. <laughs> I know. Zeke Elliott, Frank Gore. It has become really quite the game to uh, tear apart and look through all the things that Zimmer says and try to read between the lines. And the thing with that, sorry to cut you off, but the the, the thing with that is if he tries to say like, oh, yeah, you guys are reading too much into it. I didn't mean that. It's like, well, maybe in that case, but there have been enough times where he is trying to put layered, coded messages into things that he says that we cannot be – faulted for thinking that he is doing that because he does like to do that he has learned that very very well from his mentor bill parcells i mean if sharif floyd doesn't come back if they don't pick up a fifth year option yes i mean i i wrote that you will not be able to say that you didn't see it coming exactly because of all the times that he (coughs) sort of jabbed at sharif floyd in one way or another uh i put put them all in an article when you lay it out like that it's like all right there's no question they're not picking up nice. his fifth year option right i, I didn't know it, you logged them all yeah, that's I, pretty good I, uh, quite a few of them um just with his own mentality and yeah. some of the things yep. uh that that he had brought up from time to time i went back in my email and then searched sharif floyd yep. for all just the go times through the quotes that, that, I, yeah. I, I i do that quite often <laughs> all the times we keep and, all those transcripts and if you did if you did the same thing for peterson what you would find is all comments going don't want to talk about it don't want to talk about it. you would never find we can't wait to get him back because he's a Hall of Famer. And have you seen this guy? We want him in the lineup ASAP. And that is you the will big, not find that. That's the big difference between 2014 and this year. When it, in 2014, it was, you know, he was saying, "Well, I, I, it's going to all play out because of the NFL." But he's he's done everything I've ever asked him to do. He's been, he's been it's always been great with me. Anytime I've ever needed anything from him, and this is early in their relationship. And then last year, it was. There were a couple times where I know that Mike Zimmer was going to the offensive staff saying we need to run the ball more, and he was he was the one talking with Adrian Peterson when Adrian Peterson was frustrated about his lack of carries against the, the Packers last year and the Seahawks, and he came out a couple times and said I agree with Adrian and we need to run the ball more. And after Adrian Peterson went to him before the Falcons game last year, he had a big game, and Zimmer said after the game we made a commitment to run the ball today. So there have been a lot of times where. I think the directness that both of them have um, has earned some respect for the other one in in each of them. Um, I I think their relationship has typically been pretty good. In fact, the reason Adrian Peterson showed up last year to OTAs was after Mike Zimmer said, well, he can play for us or play for nobody. And then Zimmer called him up and said, hey, I didn't mean that to call you out. I was just tired of answering the questions. Um, And then they had a good talk, and he was back here a few days later. And, And that relationship... When Adrian Peterson was not quite sure about what he wanted to do, was a big part of the reason he came back here. Now his contract getting reworked probably had something to do with that. That happened later, but the relationship with Mike Zimmer has always been a, a good one. That I think is a big part of the reason Adrian Peterson is still here and was a happy camper last year. I'm going to be very, very curious to see what the tone of that is over the next number of weeks. If that's soured and Zimmer is very unhappy with how this has been handled with Peterson revealing his plans through the media uh, all the time, through his own media. Yeah. It's just a 2016 thing to happen, I guess. Um, Here's another scenario for you. 
Peterson comes out on the radio and says, I'm back, baby. AP is back. Bring your jerseys. And Zimmer doesn't play him. Yeah. I mean, that's it, the I, one that, that isn't that possible, though. I mean, couldn't you see that? I mean, it almost reminds me a little bit because I, I view Zimmer in the same light as Parcells and uh, Belichick in the way that he handles some of these things. This is my show, and, and exactly. not yours. And it reminded me a little bit of Wes Welker making foot jokes about Rex Ryan years ago. And what Bill Belichick decided to do was sit Wes Welker for the first quarter or the first drive or whatever yes. to send a message, that's not what you do. And it seemed to set the wrong tone for that game and was the wrong button to push for Belichick. But Sorry, still, I just dropped a quarter on the floor. I had that, to get it back. That's okay. You were quick on that. At least I didn't knock over a point. I was going to say it was not a plant, though we are sitting near. We are sitting the near the same, same plant that I knocked over, that probably. But it doesn't look very good either. Would it? Looks like it's wilting a little bit. Knocked it on the ground. Well, but we put it back up like thirty seconds later. It uh, can. Be, I mean, still, it's not my responsibility at this point. They've had enough time to get the thing back in shape. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's been rehabbing. It's, yeah, uh, it's well, been designated to return from points that I. We're gonna keep its uh, status internal about how yep. it's been rehabbing. Yep. Um, but anyway, wouldn't that we'll announce be, on Sunday? Wouldn't that be one though? I mean, wouldn't that be quite the thing to happen? Yeah, it and, would. and I would not put it past Mike Zimmer to do it, although. He knows the playoffs are on the line, and you need the best players. Yes, that is true. I I think if they're going to have that kind of a stare down, this is not the time to do it. And you'll know before Sunday because they're going to have to activate him from IR, and I don't think they're going to do that if he's not going to play. So I I would bet there are probably some people over there right now that are biting their tongues. Um, Can you imagine being the person teeth. who sees the tweet and is like, Oh, no. Yeah. I I have to be the one to walk into Mike Zimmer's office and tell him that Peterson just announced this. Poor Bob Hagen. <laughs> if it's Bob or whoever yeah. else. Well, it was probably somebody else saw it, because I'm not sure how active Bob is on Twitter, but Bob was probably the poor sap that had to go deliver that message to Mike Zimmer. So oh, Sorry, trying to beat the traffic today, yeah. Mike. Uh, Got to run. Yeah, well, yeah, I, that one will be uh, interesting to see how that works. And, uh, yeah, there are many, many interesting subplots here. With the uh, Colts' defense being a truck fire, um, how much does Peterson, in your mind, if you were to put a stamp of percentage on it, let's say uh, we both picked the Vikings to win this game, yep. and if you gave me a percentage to win this game before Peterson came back, I would have said 70% yeah. I was to win this game because they still have Andrew Luck, and as long as they have the best quarterback. Vegas has already moved the line, by the way. They have, yes, okay. from four to five. I probably wouldn't move mine really at all other than, I mean, by 3% maybe, yeah. I'd say, instead of 70-73. What about you? Yeah, I, I don't think I'd move it much. I mean, I, I'm not a great enough gambling mind to know what Vegas is trying to do there by giving the Vikings, or by giving the Colts an extra point. I mean, the Colts are five-point underdogs now, so I suppose they're trying to tease out action on the Colts maybe thinking that people are going to overrate Adrian Peterson coming back and then the Vikings cover anyway. Right. I mean, they're probably right with that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see his potential impact as being gigantic. Yeah, I, I don't either, at least not this week. I, I think the idea that he has a bigger impact is probably next week. Knowing what he's done against the Packers, he's always played well against them, and he'll have had a week to get back into it. But, yeah, I, I, don't, I guess I don't see it as a major thing. I think it helps. But, uh, yeah, it could be for that one or two plays that is really the factor for him on Sunday, uh, well, assuming he plays. My last question for you, and I don't know if you have any more of your own. No, I don't really. 
my last thought because it's snowing and we need to leave this place or we're going to be stuck in the first snowstorm of the year everybody forgets how to drive i guess this is number two but the first one you should have seen the grocery store well yeah it it takes one snowstorm for us all to remember that oh yeah we live in minnesota this happens (laughs) every year people although you pump the brakes you give yourself a little extra time don't hit the gas when you go around the corners it's not that hard. This will be my first You're time. You're Minnesotans. You don't um, live in the Sun Belt. We'll get through this. My first time at reaching minus 20 degrees or more. Oh, it's not fun. Yeah. Sunday's going to be awful. The old Calcutta Clippers, Denny Green call it. It's going to be terrible. Yeah, it's not going to be great. Did you have another question? I did, which is, how is Adrian Peterson's, I'm going to, not to be insulting to call it his act over this whole thing, because I know it sounds like that. But it's just how he's handled it. If you are in the Vikings locker room and you see what Peterson has done and he gets in the game and he gets basically his way in one way or another, and then and then you're also probably certain players are losing playing time because of it. Now, neither one of those players has performed, really. Right. Jarek McKinnon or Matt Asiata, right. they don't have much to say, but they've been there and they've played through injuries and they've you know at least been on the field. If you're in the locker room, do you look over there and go, ah, it's just AP. It's just how he does. That's just, just him, and he's the big superstar, and I'm not, so no problem. Or is this? does this have distraction potential? Well, it's certainly going to be distracting in the sense, I mean, I, I guess it's not distracting from the perspective of us asking about it, which is usually when they talk about distractions, what they mean is how much is the media going to ask us about this. It's not going to happen because we don't talk to them again until after the game on Sunday, so... From that perspective, it's not a big deal. But, yeah, I I wonder how it plays. I mean, it's one of those things where certain guys that that have played with him long enough probably kind of know how he does things. And this is a little bit of a different uh, way for him to go about it than has been done in the past. But there are certainly shades of... Th- you know things I've seen with him in the past, and and uh, you know certainly familiar threads, I guess, uh, with Adrian that that kind of come up here a little. But yeah, I mean it's it's interesting in the sense that there is a little bit of a well, he's a superstar athlete. I mean, and superstar athletes oftentimes recognize the fact that they have a little bit different set of rules. They they have a, obviously a lot more leverage than your average guy, and I think. There are probably guys that look at that and say, yeah, that's part of the deal. And there are probably guys that look at that and say, that's not fair. And the guys that have been in the league long enough probably know that's part of the deal because it is. Superstar athletes get treated differently, and Adrian Peterson certainly is in that group. And if if it were me, no matter how I felt about the meniscus handling yep. or whatever else. Like, hey, we're trying to get to the playoffs. That's right. I I would look at it as he's better than the other guys. It's just flat yeah. out he's better. I and mean, they need he, help. Who knows how he'll perform, but – the logic or the process of going into the game and having him in the lineup versus McKinnon or Asiata, he's he's better. Even if he's not what he once was, he can still have that higher potential for big plays. And so one twenty yard run, like you mentioned, yeah, and all that conversation's out the window. Setting aside all of the hand wringing about how he has done this this week, or whether they're on the same page, or how you're going to use him in the offense, I do think that a Vikings 46-man roster on Sunday with Adrian Peterson on it is better than a 46-man roster with Adrian Peterson not on it. So the fact that the Vikings need to win and need help and have very little margin for error, I don't think you can make the case that they are better off without him on Sunday. 
So if they, if they went somewhere out and didn't play him, it would certainly uh, beg a lot of questions from us. I think I'm using that term the wrong way, but I'm just going to go with it because I don't have time to look it up, and I want to go home before it starts snowing all over the place. But, yeah, I do think it helps them. Um, how it plays into things on Sunday will certainly be uh, the A topic. People do use begs the question wrong. They do, and I know I just did it. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the reason is that I'm doing that incorrectly. I haven't gone far enough to look into the Will Ashley crowd to see what the proper – it's probably a philosophy question. It is. Uh, raises the question would yes. be what you were really yes. going for. Yeah, question begging is something different than raising the question. Indeed it is. It, I was a philosophy minor. Did that you know that? does not surprise me at all. Really? We worked on uh, nothing but hot takes. In well, that's the thing. Class. I mean, philosophy is, in some ways, nothing but high-minded hot takes. So <laughs> that is why that does not surprise me. And Matthew will certainly be back with plenty more hot takes. Uh, high-minded as, ones. As will the Sports Grinch, whose hot takes are probably not quite so high-minded. <laughs> and I will be here to be the uh, the ringmaster of all of this, the, the three-ring circus that we run here on the Purple Podcast. After Sunday's game against the Indianapolis Colts, U.S. Bank Stadium, Sunday afternoon. Bundle up as you head in. The Vikings announced that today. Make sure you take the Skyway. It's going to be really cold. The media, of course, will be parking somewhere nowhere near the Skyway. Not that you care, but we will we will tough it out. We will chronicle the game. We will fight back the frostbite as we head into the stadium. And we will be back with another edition of the Purple Podcast once we are nice and toasty warm in the U.S. Bank Stadium press box to tell you about Adrian Peterson on Sunday, how it affected the Vikings against the Indianapolis Colts, and where their playoff chances go from here. Thanks for listening to this emergency Purple Podcast episode. We'll talk to you Sunday. Whether it's Fred Meyer, Simple Truth Turkey, or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar, or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone.